You're listening to the My Victory Podcast. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome again to My Victory Church. Welcome to all of you that are joining us online, wherever you guys are around the world. Special welcome to all of see on here. We got uh, Hope's on there. Carson's on there, of course. Jen's on there. Deb's on there. Uh, we have uh, George's on there. Peggy's on there. Deborah's on there. Anthony's on there. Babul's on there. We've got Anne on there. Welcome to all of you guys that are on there. Give them, again, a big hand. Welcome to all of our campuses. Those joining us in Tabor, Lethbridge, Claire's Home, Okotoks, Lloydminster, welcome to all of you, and welcome to part five of our, hey, Bren's on there, hey, Bren, good to see you, um, and we, welcome to part five of our series, Songs of Summer, and this, this summer, we just, we're so excited that we get to be in the same room together, get to see your full faces. That's beautiful. We get to hang out. We get to have uh, food together and celebrate. We're just wanting to have as much fun as we possibly can. And Songs of Summer is based on, throughout the COVID season, our music team got together and we did a writing retreat and just said, we're going to write some songs that, that are for this house, from this house. Prophetic songs, and I believe God speaks prophetically through worship in many ways, and we wanted to, to, to write songs that we felt like God was speaking to our church in this season. As, as these songs are being written, I, I noticed a different level of depth in them this time that I hadn't seen, and just in multiple ways, and I thought, we got to preach on this stuff too, because these songs aren't just a, you know from the, the few lyricists that we have that, that put them all together, and the musicians that put them all together. These songs are really I think this is voicing what many of us have been feeling and going through. And I don't know if you have had that, if you've been here and, and heard some of these songs and some of these messages, but I'm hearing from so many of you that are saying, that one is like just for me. And, and we're not creeping you out and stalking you and, and writing lyrics that are going about your life, but we're saying, I felt, just as we did that, I felt like these songs are more than just for a few. This is something that is voicing Something that all of us have been feeling. And what happens when you prophetically hear stuff, this is how God works. When you hear somebody else voice exactly what you're feeling, or you hear me preach a message, and you're going, like, were you following me this week? No. Like, how did you know? You're speaking right to me. What's going on? I, and I'm amazed every single time because somebody's like, did you prepare that, like, this week for me? And I'm amazed every single time, just as you are, because that's how Holy Spirit works. He cares so much for you and everything you're going through that he finds ways to speak confirmation of something. And when somebody else voices it, this is what happens to me. When I hear somebody else voice something that I've been wrestling with or thinking through and not sure if this is really God or this is something going on. And then somebody voices through a message or through a song that's exactly, puts words to exactly what I've been feeling. Then I feel just a that much more confident going, that is God. That's not just last night's pizza. <laughs> that's not just my own crazy mind, which can drift off in all different places all the time. That is God really doing something. And that's what we felt like in this series. We wanted to give you something and share something with you that is, that is going to confirm what God is speaking to you. Now, I, this is something fascinating. I didn't realize this until this week, and we prepared this whole series um, months ago. 
But as I was just meditating on things this week, I just noticed, and we didn't really, we, we talked multiple times about what order to put these messages in and the songs in and how we can do it. We talked like, which, how do we do that? And we went back and forth. In fact, we recently changed the, the ending order a little bit and, and just how things all work out. But this is, was, this was fascinating. This week, I had this revelation that the songs of July, the ones that we have just gone through, and including a, a little bit of today's, is, is kind of, today's kind of the halfway point, the breaking point, the turning point. But the songs that we have gone through were almost like a lament type songs of what the year and a half that we just all been through. And they're just kind of reflecting of stuff that we've wrestled and we've been through. And without like being smart enough to plan it this way, the last four songs that we're going to get to, today's the turning point, the last ones that we, we get to on here are going to be a shift to not just talking about what we've been through, but a real shift into where we're going and what we're going to. And, and you guys are going to be a little bit, I think just a little bit surprised as to some of the music that's coming because it sounds quite different and we're about to get our praise on. Is that okay? Okay, and we're going to we're going to break something spiritually over this house, over your house, over your hearts. We're gonna and we're gonna launch. This is what we're we're gonna launch into the next season with confidence that God is leading and guiding and directing and all the rest. We're gonna launch and and, and be able to step with confidence into what is next. And what is next is so exciting. I cannot wait. The next two months of this church, I'm telling you, this is so exciting. October 1st, mark it down. And I've had many of you message me, Pastor Kelly, did you know that that's a Friday? Yes. <laughs> Fully aware. It's a Friday. Friday, October 1st, we are going to have a party of parties on the property here. And we're, gonna, we're inviting all of our campuses, all of you online, if you can make it here October 1st, come. I know it's a little hard for you, Tess, in the Philippines. Hey, come. If there's a way. Well, we'd love to have you. All right, but we, we uh, you know, we, we are going to invite everybody here. We're going to have a party, and it's going to be basically a relaunch, kind of a replant of our entire church. And it's going to be a celebration that we're going to enjoy one another, we're going to relaunch, rebrand, all the rest of it, and plus we're going to have a concert, all these kind of things, it's just going to, it's just going to be a party, and we're going to have campers on, on site for anybody who wants to come and bring campers, and you can camp on site, hotels nearby, all the rest, whatever you're, whatever you're into, we're going to hang out Friday, and probably it's going to drag in into Saturday a little bit, and then Sunday back at our campuses, we're going to, we're going to launch, and it's going to be basically the planting, the replanting of something what God has next. Yeah, it's going to be good. All right, today's song is entitled Grit and Grace. And yeah, it sounds just like it sounds, just, just to let you know, which is not country, just saying. In case you were thinking that would not be permitted in any... Sorry, Cindy. Yeah. Not going to happen. Um, <laughs> but every single one of these messages, I begin with a question. Today's question, before you just quickly answer and give the 
pat Sunday school answer. And what I mean by Sunday school answer is those of us who grew up in the era of Sunday school. Anybody remember Sunday school in church? Yeah, in the era of Sunday school where we had Sunday school before church. Anybody remember that? Yeah. Um, and then we had Wednesday service and we had Sunday night services and we had, like, we had, we were at church all the time. Um, but but it, it, the Sunday school answer is basically what we expect everyone else to expect. And we're good at that as Christians and religious people sometimes, aren't we? We're good at giving the answer we expect everybody else wants to hear. But we lie. Right? Everyone's like, am I allowed to say that? If you're not, you're lying, you're in church. Come on, just kidding. But I want, before you give the Pat Sunday School answer here, I want you to really think through this answer because this one, this, here's the question. Have you ever doubted your faith? Have you ever asked, is God really real? And is what I believe actually true? And before you expect, see, this, is, this is the Sunday school answer. Before, we, we, we have a hard time a lot of times admitting we got doubts. But I'm here to say, I'm a pastor. I got doubts frequently. Questions. I, I, I don't know. I got, like, recently, like, God, is this all real? Like, like. What's, yeah, am I being punked? What's going, like, is this real? And then we feel this twinge of like, I, well, I can't say that out loud. I certainly can't say that to him. I, can't, I definitely can't talk to my pastor about it or talk to, to other Christians about it. <laughs> like, if I do that, I mean, they're just gonna give me the same answer. Like, of course, if you don't like, just believe. Have faith, come on. That's what faith is, just believe. And we feel, I don't know, a twinge of guilt, or maybe I'm just talking about me, of even having those questions. And so we go around with unanswered questions and we don't ever voice it because we think we're gonna get criticized by others and most of all, he's not gonna like us or something's gonna, I don't know. So I, I wanna address that, is it, is, is it okay to question? And before we, you know, get, before we get uncomfortable and all the rest of it too late, um, some of you are having those questions right now and going, oh no. Maybe you're not saying, is God real? Maybe that's not your question. Maybe you're saying, like, why God? Why don't you answer prayer all the time the way I want it to be answered in the timely fashion I want to be answered. Like, why do you do things and allow things? And God, what, like, is this real? Before we feel guilty about that, I want you to know that one of the most successful, I don't know, admirable Bible characters out there, his name, John the Baptist, had some serious doubts. We're first introduced to John the Baptist. He's Jesus' cousin. And he was the one that went out into the wilderness and was weird. He dressed in camel's hair and smelled gross, I'm sure, looked gross, like was, was not a sight to behold. But he, he would go out there and he'd preach repentance. And he, and he was basically saying, you know, repent from your religious ways and come into relationship with 
God in the real way and get baptized. And, and people were falling by the droves and walking away from the Pharisees, by the way, in order to do this and kind of threatening the whole, you know, religious apple cart, like turning it over. And, and we see Jesus going out himself and getting baptized. In Matthew chapter 3, it says this. John said this as he's preaching. He says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you, talking about Jesus, with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Verse 13, a couple of verses later, says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan, to, which is not a beautiful river. If anyone's been there, it's it's. Kind of mud is gross, but it's all good. Jesus came to the Jordan to be baptized by John. Think about that for a second. God in a bod, the Messiah, God Himself, asks a mere mortal to baptize Him. Like, just first of all, that should say what kind of man John is and the stature of this. Like, a sinful man baptizing the sinless Messiah. It's just in, in and of itself, that to say, like, okay, that breaks all the barriers. Like, that's, some, that's something different. So with John, realizing this, but John tries to deter Jesus, saying, no, 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 no. He says, I need to be baptized by you. John gets it. And he says, you come to me? So what happens? Jesus convinces John to baptize Jesus. And he baptized Jesus, and immediately afterwards, the skies open up, and God's audible voice speaks and says, this is my son. John's witnessing all of this. Everyone around there is witnessing all this. A dove flies down, all the rest of it. This is spectacular, and you're thinking, if there's anybody ever in all the Bible besides Jesus that shouldn't have any doubts, it's a guy who baptizes and believes that his cousin is the Messiah, how much faith would it take for you to believe that your cousin is God? John believes that his cousin is the Messiah and unworthy and baptizes him and he hears the audible voice from heaven and yet a number of chapters later we pick it up in, in Matthew chapter 11. Look at this verse 2. It says this, when John heard in prison, by this time um, John has upset the religious apple cart so much so that Herod goes to try to keep the peace with the religious people who he's trying, he's a people pleaser, and his wife who hated John because John would call out their sinful marriage and all the rest. And so he arrests John. So John is in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, okay, of, of Christ, and he sent his disciples, John's disciples, to ask him, ask Jesus, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Wait, 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 what? This is after John has seen the skies part and God's audible voice speak. This is after he says, I'm not worthy to baptize you. You're the one. This is after. After. And he's like, are you really the one? And the question, the question that we need to, that I have, that I really want to get to is, how did Jesus respond to this questions? Did he roll his eyes? Did he take a deep breath? Did he respond in anger? Because his response is important because it's an indication of how he was going to respond or how he is going to respond to my questions, to my doubts, Two. 
Because if there's anybody who has no excuse to have questions, it'd be John. So Jesus' response is going to be all telling. So here's what Jesus does. Look at how he responds. Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. Watch, look at this. No anger, no sigh that we can tell, just a straight response of what was being accomplished as evidence of God's kingdom come. Because remember, at this point, Jesus says he announced his ministry right after getting baptized by John and saying the kingdom of God has come. So evidence of the kingdom of God coming, Jesus says the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Then Jesus says, blesses anyone who does not stumble on account of me. And I first, I've read this for years as this is kind of Jesus' gentle, slight little slap. Like, John, blessed is anyone, not you, because you're questioning me, who does not stumble. But if you want to look at what this originally, translated what this originally says, the word blessed means happy, fortunate, to be envied. Okay, so in other words, Jesus say, is saying, it's enviable if anyone doesn't at some point in their life get offended by me. In other words, interesting statement. It's almost like Jesus is saying, yo. It's enviable if someone's not going to get offended by me in some time. Let me just put this in perspective. Our relationship with God is a relationship. So in perspective, is there anybody in here, you don't have to answer this, and, uh, please don't answer this out loud, but just, uh, just let me ask the question. Is there anybody in here who's been married longer than three months who has not at some point in their marriage been offended by their spouse? Yeah, no, you don't have to be married, no. Anybody here who has children that are older then six months, never been offended with your children. Got really quiet in here online. Help me out. <laughs> the reality is those that we love the most, at some point, it'd be enviable to have a marriage unoffendable. Wouldn't that be enviable? That'd be, that'd be like... That'd be like, oh my goodness, like, like that, how, can you imagine that? Uh, no. That's what Jesus is saying. We're in relationship, and if we, if you at some point aren't going to get offended with me, <laughs> like, we, you're to be envied. Is that what really what he meant, or is this just Kelly's weird translation? Because Look at his watch. I think it's what he really meant, because look what he says next. As the, John's disciples were leaving... Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John, just as. It doesn't say after they left. It says as they were leaving. In other words, Jesus kind of raises his voice a little bit, and he's like, let me tell you about John. And all of a sudden, the disciples are like, "Woo! we should probably listen to this. Because <laughs> Jesus has been nice so far, but here it comes. 
And we're going to tell John all about how he's in trouble for asking that question. And I'm probably thinking John's disciples are like, really? We were there, John, when we saw the heavens open up. You're asking, you want us to go ask this question? You want us to ask this question? And then they see Jesus' response, and they're like, they're like, okay. And then they're leaving, and they hear Jesus, let me tell you about John. And they're like, whoa, here it comes. And you're, they're expecting Jesus to say, like, He's my cousin. How dare you? I was there. Heavens opened up. God, my father spoke. Like, how could he have questions? That would be what would be expected. But look at what Jesus says. Jesus said, what you got into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, did you, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? Not John. That's not the guy. Camel's hair, gross. No, those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see, a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Wait, just wait, wait. What did Jesus say? John comes questioning whether Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus doesn't get defensive of himself Jesus starts to defend John. And not only defend him and goes, hey, let me tell you about this John. You remember the prophet Isaiah who said that there's going to be one, a messenger? That's what he quoted. Or the prophet Malachi who said of, of the one preparing the way. 400 years ago, they talked about a man who would come prepare the way. They were talking about John. In other words, they're, they're saying... Like, John is somebody who God foretold hundreds of years before arriving. So he is a little bit different. A little bit special. And Jesus says, in case you weren't aware, he was a prophet, but he was more than a prophet. He was one prophesied by the prophets. This is John. And Jesus' response to defend John is an indication of how he's going to respond to your questions. Can you imagine? You question God. God, like, what's wrong with you? Like, what are you doing? Like, are you even real? I don't know what I'm talking to. Like, I don't know. And you question God, and he's, he's not going to get defensive going, I'm here, I'm God. He's not going to be that, yeah, he's not going to be that parent that's like, I'm God, because I said so. Can you imagine his response to your questions, your doubts is to defend you and your calling? In other words, listen, I always pictured God as the judge and chief executioner when I messed up. When in actuality, Jesus is actually the defense attorney. Defending you, and not only defense attorney, you know how he defends us? He says to the accuser, you can't touch him or her. She's mine. He's mine. And by the way, what they deserve, put it on me. Wow. Jesus goes on. He says this, truly I tell you, among those born of women, 
there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Jesus didn't say this when John baptized him. Jesus didn't say this after hearing one of John's sermons. Jesus said this after John questions. Jesus wasn't offended by the question at all. Instead, he gives John the highest praise in the midst of his greatest doubts and questions. So the question I have is, why do we then feel ashamed when we have doubts and questions ourselves? The truth is we should absolutely question, absolutely challenge Everything after all, truth is truth. And if it's not, then it should be threatened. But if truth is truth, truth is not going to get a threatened. It's truth. Jesus didn't get defensive because truth wasn't threatened. His identity wasn't threatened. He turns around and knows John's identity is the one that's being threatened. And he starts defending John as his disciples were there. You know they went back and said, you know what Jesus said about you? He said, there's never been anyone born of a woman greater than you to John sitting in prison. Now, this is not, I like putting myself in the stories. And I'm imagining Peter. Of course, I always, I give Peter such a bad rap. Hopefully he'll forgive me in eternity. <laughs> but he was really dumb sometimes. But, so I'm, and really great other times. But, anyway, but I'm questioning how did Peter or Thomas or any of these disciples respond when John's disciples come questioning whether Jesus is the Messiah? And Peter's probably like, <laughs> you questioning? How dare you question? Because the reaction, the reason I think Peter's doing that is because the reaction of you and me, isn't it when someone you love or someone you respect begins to have and vocalize their questions about whether God's real? We feel so ashamed to question and ask because we, we, because we feel, we feel don't, don't you? I, I feel like when someone starts questioning, I feel defensive for God, as if God needs my defense. So we say really dumb things sometimes as Christians to our kids who have questions, to our spouses who have questions. To our friends who have questions, to pastors who have questions. And we feel like we gotta defend God as if God needs our defense. Fact is, truth is either truth. And Jesus wasn't done yet. He, he says, There's no one ever been born as great as John. And then he says to Peter, to Thomas, and to everybody else listening, 
Because Jesus defended, I don't think this is what Peter expected Jesus to do. Like, he, they're like, what are you talking about? He, like, you're saying he's the greatest and he just questions you? Like, okay, maybe you're letting John get away with it because he's so great, he's so awesome, he's your cousin, he's, 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 he baptized you, I get it. He's, you're letting John get away with that, I can't have questions though. And Jesus answers that response too, and he says this, yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Talking about John the Baptist, meaning... John had these questions before Jesus went to the cross and rose again from the dead. John had these questions before the Holy Spirit was released to all of us. And what Jesus is saying is all of us are greater than the man Jesus said was the greatest ever born to a woman. Jesus is saying that about you. If you believe in Jesus, he's saying that about you. It's almost like Jesus is inviting us to question. And why not? Because I think that would mean us pressing in closer to him in relationship. Well, look at this. Here's today's takeaway. There's a great quote by Herman Hesse. I read this quote and I was like, oh. He says this, faith and doubt go hand in hand. They are complementaries. One who never doubts will never truly believe. One who never doubts will never truly believe. Imagine just for a moment if we were all open with our questions. Imagine if we allowed others to be open with their questions as well. Because God is not afraid, Jesus is not afraid of us questioning him. In fact, I think he's more afraid of our silence. So what if, what if you shouted out to God your anger, your doubt, your fear, and just, are you real? Like, why aren't you doing I want you to, like, what is, is all this true? Because God's not threatened by that. He's not afraid of those questions. He's God. Truth is not threatened by questions. It's truth. What if, what if we became a church who not just tolerated questions, but invited it, allowed it, and processed it without judgment, without the pat Sunday school answers. What if, what if we asked the hard questions sometimes? What if? What if? Jeremiah said this, Jeremiah 6, verse 16, he says, go stand at the crossroad. This is Jeremiah, the prophet, speaking on behalf of God. God said this, go stand at the crossroads. What's the crossroads? The crossroads is the dividing place. The, 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 the why in the road? Like this is, this is the dividing place. This is one direction or another. God doesn't say, run away from the crossroads. Run away from that dividing place. Run away from that. He says, go stand there. Go stand there. And look around. 
and ask questions, ask for directions to the old road, the tried and true road, then take it and discover the right route for your souls. God's message isn't to run from the crossroads, but instead to stand at it. And he encouraged us, us to look around and ask questions. And when we find the truth, walk in it. Does this help anyone? Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much, Jesus, for your example. Your response to John's questions, I thank you. You're so merciful and kind and good. Thank you. God, we, we got questions. Be patient with our questions. We thank you that you will. And most of all, Lord, help us to be patient with others. Their questions. And their process. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here today and you don't yet have a relationship with Jesus, maybe because you got questions. Maybe because you're like, I, have, I, I don't know. Listen, Jesus doesn't invite you into a relationship once you have all those questions answered. He invites you into relationships before any of the questions are answered. He just says, hey, come, follow me. Come into a relationship. He doesn't invite you into a church or into a religion. He invites you into a personal relationship with him. He invites you to throw those toughest questions, the toughest ones you might possibly have. He invites you to throw them at him and says, come. Come and have a relationship. Let's talk. If you want a relationship with Jesus, all you need to do is confess with your mouth that Jesus is God. We're going to do that right now. I lead you all in a prayer. And if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, which makes him God, then right here, right now, you begin a relationship with him. So I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. If you're watching online, repeat it after me wherever you are. Let's pray this together. Dear Jesus, I confess that you are God, and I believe that you rose again from the dead. And I ask you now to become my God, my Lord and Savior, and my friend. And thank you for forgiving me of all my wrongs, for accepting me just as I am. I give my heart to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite all of you to close your eyes and bow your heads. If you prayed this prayer for the first time, would you just boldly raise up your hand, give me a wave and saying, yeah, Pastor, I prayed this prayer the first time. I want to begin relationship with Jesus. At the end of the service, we'd love to give you a Bible. It's our free gift to you. It explains what this relationship's all about. It's a way to journey into relationship with him. And look around one more time. Just give me a quick wave. If you prayed this prayer for the first time. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. If you prayed this prayer the first time online, just click 
I have decided comment that's in the comments below. Just click like on that and our team will reach out to you and we'll send you that Bible as well. Amen. Isn't God good? So good. Thank you for joining us today on our My Victory podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, check us out at myvictory.ca. If you'd like to watch our live stream, go to victorylethbridge.tv. 